Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're going to have a delightful episode tonight. The topic tonight is Star Seeds and the Awakening of Humanity. And our guest tonight is Steve Noble. Star Seeds and the Awakening of Humanity. The curious thing about this planet Earth paradigm that we're going through is how powerful the role of, what should I say, the everyday human being, how powerful the role is of every single one of us. And there's a reason for this. The point I'm getting at here is we're here for the human experience, the, the, the matrix, if you will, the 3D hologram, if you will, the, the earth paradigm, if you will, that we're going through is, is for the human experience. And the reason I bring this up is the topic tonight, the notion of star seeds and their role in the awakening of humanity. No divine being that is very powerful will reach over humanity's shoulder and grab the wheel and steer us in any direction, good, bad, or otherwise. The, the divine beings, the archangels, the gods, the goddesses, the, um, the non-physical, very, very powerful deities, if you will, and I use the word deity to leave it open-ended for interpretation. None of these will interfere with our human choice, our free will. And so, so you as a human being, starseeds, as a human being, have a physical body. And that physical body affords an effect that's very powerful. When we talk about the awakening of humanity, we're talking about anchoring higher and higher consciousness into physical, physical form. The physical form, of course, is our bodies. Our bodies are grounding points for creation. Our higher selves, our higher consciousness has a vision of what our life can be. And since we have physical bodies, we came here for the physical experience, we can bring the dream, the imprint, the etherical hologram, if you will, the non-physical energetic snapshot of what might be inspiration, if you will. And we can bring it all the way down into our physical form. And that affords us power, just raw power, because we can ground it into the 3D arena. So as we raise our personal consciousness and we cleanse and purify this vessel, this physical vessel avatar, if you will, as we purify it energetically, it, it allows us to ground and thus anchor higher higher levels of consciousness into physical form. Now, that's something archangels can't do. That's something gods and goddesses can't do. They don't even want to if they could. Perhaps they could, but they don't want to. It's a hands-off approach because our free will is the deciding factor as to what actually happens. So I, I love tonight's topic, the notion of starseeds and the role of starseeds in the awakening of humanity. We came here to be vessels of transformation of a, of a 
human paradigm that is <laughs> how can you overstate how far into the darkness we went i mean um there's there's many paradigms that are unfolding on planet earth and and many of them are very 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 dark and so talk about wet cleanup pile five the the karma here on this planet i suggest Planet Earth is one of the most advanced classrooms a soul can incarnate into to to incarnate into planet Earth now and in the in the tsunami of darkness be able to find your own inner light not only find it but then purify your your body vessel so you can embody that light as you purify your your human physical body vessel and your energetic personas, you can actually descend, if you will, um, metaphorically. You can bring down. You can you can anchor this higher consciousness from your higher self as you purify your body vessel and and cleanse and purify it a pure authentic you then you can actually literally embody the higher consciousness in physical form and that in and of itself is is the fulcrum perhaps is the the vantage point that we knew we would discover about our our own personal opportunities as star seeds that have incarnated incarnated here on planet earth now i'm pretty sure steve noble our guest tonight is sleeping soundly in london because this episode was recorded in a more reasonable time as far as london is concerned right now me myself and i um is live and we're going to play the interview that steve and i recorded a few weeks back i think you're going to really like this episode steve noble is an, is the author of five non-fiction books the most recent is a free ebook in, entitled star seeds he was a director of a not-for-profit spiritual organization called Alternatives based in St. James Church, Piccadilly, London, W1, for 13 years. Leaving on the winter solstice of 2012, subsequently he began his own healing and awakening work. He has created a healing system called Soul Matrix healing for starseeds. He has created a library of free resources, including meditations and transmission to help starseeds, which are freely available on his website and YouTube channel. These meditations and transmissions are played all over the world, and so far the platform has over 90,000 subscribers. He regularly runs events in the UK, Europe, and the US. To learn more, you can visit his website, thesoulmatrix.com. Sit back and enjoy this episode. I think you're going to find it a, a, a fun and, and dynamic conversation. See you on the other side. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks. Thanks, Les. So I've been looking at your material, and I have to say I'm very impressed. The platform that you have created is really very timely, um, and the topic you've chosen for the show, Star Seeds and the Awakening of Humanity. I mean, if that's not the most epic storyline I could even comprehend for, <laughs> for humanity... Before we delve into it too much, can you just give us a snapshot that, that um, about how you came about to creating this platform? 
Yeah, sure. Well, um, uh, briefly to go back to my beginnings, I was born in London in the late 50s into a working class family, um, averagely neurotic, I would say, working class family. And um, I was very interested in magical things. And, you know, I was interested in lots of TV programs, Doctor Who, and then later as a teenager, Star Trek and this kind of thing. But my family were really not into it. And my family kind of discouraged me from being too out there, really. My father particularly. And so um, I think as a teenager, I decided, well, if I'm going to go into the world of work, it looks like I'm going to have to try and be normal. So I, I did that. I thought I'm going to be normal. I went into a normal city job and I had a normal marriage and had a family. you know. And then um, in my, I think it was either late 20s or early 30s, um, early 30s, I think, my father passed. And that passing seemed to break a spell of some kind. And it released me. And I just went on this spiritual search um, and started to find things which I couldn't find earlier on in my life when I was looking. I, I had this experience of synchronicity and meeting spiritual teachers, which really I gelled with. And, and, um, and they pointed the way to other people and other teachers and I had this experience of synchronicity in the in the 90s which I'd never had in my life before where or you could call it flow where one thing flowed to another it seemed like I was being point some there was some guiding intelligence guiding me somewhere and th then that led to me divorcing and then um, going on a whole search uh, and finding an organization in London called Alternatives, which put on spiritual speakers and authors and then becoming eventually a director of that company and um, and then so by you know in 2000 to 2012 I was living the life which I would have called my dream life working in a spiritual organization as a director pretty had a lot of freedom as to what we do on the program we kind of hosted a lot of really interesting people uh, from America you know like Byron Katie Eckhart Tolle we had um, Wayne Dyer uh, these kind of people right. and uh, Deepak Chopra came a few times so this was great. I was in the center of all this spiritual stuff happening. And, but as, as 2012 was approaching, I was starting to get this increasing sense of unease that I should be doing something else. I should leave this organization. And, um, and I didn't want to do it. So I resisted this impulse. Whereas before I kind of went with the impulse, this time I was resisting my soul's impulse. And that eventually led to a, a kind of implosion and a dark night of the soul. So I my life imploded. I resigned as a director. I thought, I can't really be here anymore. It doesn't feel right. So I gave them a year's notice and we, we found a new person to take over for me. It's a bit of a quirky job, so it wouldn't fit everyone. Right. And then my second long-term partnership went with that as well. And, um, and then I was in this new landscape in the, you know, by 2013, uh, in a loon landscape, I did some self-employment and, um, and then but, but this, this dark night, the soul really kicked in and it was really, really intense for me. And it meant a disconnection from all um, my higher self, any guides, any intuition. It all went. And for six years, I actually lived without something I took for granted by this time. Uh, you know, there was no synchronicity, no flow. And I was having lots of very dark dreams and nightmares. And I felt really um, I'd somehow fallen from grace, I, I guess you could say. And um, and I, I did find a few spiritual paths that could help, or spiritual healing um, healers that could help. But by and large, I found even meditation was difficult. I couldn't meditate anymore. It was just too overwhelming. I, uh, the most I could do was go and lay in nature under a tree for, for an afternoon to help you know, bring my energy back. So it was a really difficult time. I didn't think I was ever going to come out of this, really. I thought all my training and practice of the previous 20 years didn't seem to matter in this dark night. Nothing seemed to touch it. So I came out eventually by grace, um, 2014, 15, I started to come out. In 2016, I was out. And, and then I, I remember waking up one morning and this voice said to me, okay, it's time to start teaching about star seeds and ascension. And I was like, oh my God, thank God, the, <laughs> thank God the voice is there, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You know, I really... It wasn't what I wanted to hear. Um, I, I, alternatives, I was already out there enough as far as my family were concerned. This, this voice was saying, well, this guy isn't 
higher self, whatever the voice was, was saying, go even further out there. So I had to spend two weeks really deciding, am I going to do this? Because if I'm going to do it, I have to do it 100%. So I decided, all right, I'm going to do it. I created the website. And in the beginning, I wasn't sure if I really knew what I was doing, you know. I had my own journey to go by. I'd written a few books on spirituality, and so I did know stuff. But I, you know, did I know enough about star seeds? I, I wasn't sure. But anyway, I did run a workshop on it, and 30 people turned up. And by the end of it, the guy who organised it said, "They're ecstatic. We want to do more on this." And so I was like, "Oh my gosh, really? All right." So I was on a fast, fast learning curve. You know, what are star seeds, and you know, what are they here to do, and how do we know if we are one, and all this kind of stuff. And um, so over the last four and a half years, I think by now I've got a pretty good idea, a reasonably good idea. But in the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, guys, can you just download what I need to tell these people? Because I've got no idea. You know, it's a bit like that. And uh, yeah, and so that was the beginning of it. And in the early days, I also used to do writing retreats and I used to do them in Greece. And while I was in Greece one year back in 2016, I think it was in the early days, I had this transmission started to be downloaded. And I was like, what is this? You know, what, what's this coming through? And I had to sit with it for three or four days before I really understood, oh, this is a meditation type of transmission. All right, I'll, I'll sit with it and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of channel it out and, and record it, which is what I did. And that was the beginning of a whole series of transmissions and um, and stuff I've been putting on YouTube. And I, and I really got the idea that my mission is to help people, starseed, family of light, wake up and tell them you're not mad, you're not crazy, don't worry, everything's okay. You know, I'm, I'm here and I can probably help you take the next two or three steps on the journey kind of thing. Wow. So I, I, does that answer the question? <laughs> Let's... Yeah, very well, very well spoken. Well, the... I like how you said um, um, that you resisted the notion of what your life path was to be. And I, yeah. and I think um, as starseeds that are listening to this show, whether they know they're starseeds or not, um, have this um, grander view of their life at the soul level. Their soul's got this this really dynamic and um, expansive view of their life, and yet when their ego doesn't quite know that yet, like you shared, it's like, well, what does this have to do with me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, well, I find starseeds star are no different from every other human, that we all resist our path, you know, um, and I found that the bigger the step we're being asked to take, the bigger the resistance. Usually, it's kind of rule of thumb I found. Um, it's a bit. I did uh, hear um, years ago this author called Susan Jeffers, who wrote a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. You probably heard of her, and it was a brilliant book. And and she actually was very nervous before she went out, which I thought was very cute because she was actually feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And basically, she talked a lot about the familiarity zone that we, we're in. We have our zone, you know, and starseeds or non-starseeds, we have our zone. But when, when we get called to step out of the zone into a new landscape, part of us goes, yay, and another part goes, eek. I'm not right. sure I want to do this. You know? right. And I think there are a lot of good reasons why our ego does resist. In the 3D matrix, um, the 3D matrix, which is the one most people are living in now, um, in this ascending planet, is one of separation, fear, you know, us and them, schisms and all the rest of it. And it's not a totally safe place. And, and for many starseeds who have incarnated a number of times in that matrix, we've also got the feeling that the matrix is not safe and we develop an ego to kind of protect us in a way, you know. But as we're ascending and shifting out of the, the kind of normal reality that most people are in, you could say, that 3D ego doesn't really know the way. It doesn't really help. And so what it does is says, I'm going to just block you because I don't think this path is safe. I don't know what's along this path, so I'll just block it. And um, most of us, even, most starseeds come into families where there, there is a lot of negative conditioning. There's a lot of you know, schooling, which is not that positive. There's a feeling of not belonging and not feeling safe or not deserving love or or not being clever enough or worthy enough or capable enough or, or, not, or not feeling they're, that they're trusted or they can trust enough or they may have been betrayed or let down or, or, or believe that good things just don't happen to them. They may have this black sheet of the family syndrome, which a lot of starseeds have because they're just not understood. You know? So all of this goes to, to create a very 
you know, unique ego resistance patterning. And, and so when we, when we get called to step out, so, you know, here's me getting a voice going, time to talk about star seeds and ascension. It was like, oh, my gosh. Um, you know, we, we, can, we can be afraid. We can be anxious. We can be doubting. We can, if we really don't want to do it, we can seek to avoid. We can go into conflict or confusion or drama, which are all avoidance patterning. We can try and over-rationalize our path or try to be too logical, which blocks our intuition, all of this kind of stuff, you know. Or we may, you know, common ones when people get called on the path is, well, will my family and friends hate me or not like me or not speak to me anymore? Or will money just run out? They're too com- They're not the only ones, of course. You know, will I be homeless? You know, is it, or am I going to be the, the poet in the gutter, you know, kind of thing? Um, and so our ego says, no, don't do it. And I think resistance comes from three uh, channels, actually. The first one is, is current life conditioning, which I kind of mentioned mostly there. There's a second channel is bloodline uh, energies. And we're born into these bloodlines. And those bloodlines are energetic families. And uh, those energies are alive and dynamic and constantly influencing us if we're not aware of it. And if the bloodlines are afraid of stepping out, if some ancestor you know, stepped out to become an author or a businessman and it all fell flat and he fell flat on his face and the family suffered, then in the dynamic of the bloodline can be just don't do it. Don't take risks. Don't step out. And so we're also contending not with our, just our ego, but with bloodline family resistance that goes back in time. And then again, there's also um, um, other lifetime stuff that in our unconscious mind, we still remember the time when we were hurt, harmed, exiled, banished, killed, tortured for whatever. And especially I found the more I've gone along the path, the more other lifetime memories have come up that go, oh my God, I remember then I was killed in a very unpleasant way. Do I really want to do that again? You know, that kind of thing goes on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, now we've been talking about and we'll continue to talk about this notion of Star seeds. I mean, yeah. Now, if there's a first-time listener th- to the show, I mean, what's a what's a, a, descri- a description of a star seed? What makes somebody a quote star seed unquote? Yeah. Well, I guess when people come to the spiritual path, um, whatever that path is, it can be any way, and they consider themselves spiritual in some ways. There are all kinds of terms which. They may describe themselves. And uh, one of the, I suppose, the most common would be a light worker. I guess you've, we've all heard that one. Uh, I'm a light worker or, you know, a lot of people describe themselves that way. And starseed is kind of a step beyond because for starseed, it kind of comes with the notion, light worker, it comes with the notion, well, I'm here on the planet to, you know, to help, to to heal, to shift, to to, to you know, bring more love in the community, all these concepts. But a starseed is the idea that I don't really originate from here. I've come here with a mission. I originate elsewhere. And actually, I've had lots of different lifetimes in other places uh, where I've been connected to other races, you know, other star systems. And, um, you know, the the most common ones would be um, the races of Pleiades uh, or Sirius or Arcturus. Um, There are a lot of star races that people are connecting with in channeling sessions and um, and. A lot of star seeds have these um, connections to these other families, and they come here. And why they don't feel they often belong here is because really home is somewhere else. And, and star seeds are te- essentially nomadic wanderers. They wander around, and they're not really fixated. They're not in this one system for thousands of years. They they kind of move around. So that's why when um, a star seed hears about channeling or about ascension or about healing or about dna activations they usually the mind may struggle a bit at the beginning but their, their body goes oh that's really exciting something in me is excited i want to know more about that i'm drawn to that so uh, signs of stars and i think most of the people or if not all of the people listening to shows like yours and and coming to me are always going to be star seats because they'll just be drawn otherwise we'd be too, too crazy we're, we're too out there you know right. um and really the signs of a star seeds are um sensitivity is one of the greatest ones very highly sensitive you know sensitive to everything they might even be able to pick up people's feelings and thoughts in a room um 
um, they also have a great intuition. But of course, there's a, it's a double-edged sword because if you're very sensitive, you can, you can actually take on a lot of people's energy. And this is one of the troubles of starseeds is in the 3D matrix, they're absorbing uh, lower frequencies without realizing it until they come to some kind of spiritual hygiene practice where they can actually purge all of that stuff out. Um, energy boundaries are really important and sometimes some families don't encourage strong energy boundaries they don't they don't learn that um, they may uh, they're very empathic starseeds they may sometimes attract narcissists in the reality that which is the kind of opposite energy you know just to help them rebalance I guess right. um, they're drawn to very alternative stuff right to very spiritual stuff um, they're coming here with a number of missions they're not all coming with the same mission um, and I, I, I kind of think of them as in, in, in um, broadly in a number of different uh, ways. And one would be there's a kind of healer's um, uh, ascension, you know, uh, starseeds who go. You always find them in healing centers, in healing practices or listening to spiritual authors. They're the one fascinated with light body awakening and DNA activations and all the rest of it and channeling. There's another group of starseeds which are very drawn to earth um, communities, meridians, sacred sites, and of course we may have many of these, but we'll have one or two that are primary. So you'll find those star seeds, those kind of, uh, they're drawn to lots of healing work on ley lines, and they're always visiting sacred sites everywhere, and and, and they want to live in community and off grid and all that kind of stuff. Then you've got the the kind of artists, the ones who are drawn to art as a message. You've got David Bowie and John Lennon types of starseeds who, through music, were able to, in, in, in very early on, transmit a powerful message. You know, there's a star man waiting in the sky. And, uh, you know, John Lennon, imagine, imagine there's no religion. All these kind of, they're very out of the box, but, they, but music allowed them to be that. Um, but you find a lot of artists as dancers, musicians, you know, uh, painters, uh, sculptors, they're all over the place. Then you've got the um, techno, whizzy ones like Steve Jobs who've coming in to really help move because it's not just about energy, it's also about technology. Um, technology that's, that's in alignment with the planet, not that's going to pollute the planet. And this is where we're, we are really heading for, I think, that you know, more and more we're finding that we want technology that actually doesn't harm the planet. But technology in the last 50 years is, you know, We've had as much leaps forwards as probably in the last thousand. I don't know. It's incredible the leap forwards we've had in the last 50 years. Um, and communication and energy, you know, I, I do believe that one big shift that's going to happen, actually, and starseeds are really at the forefront of this, is shifting from oil and gas into other energy sources. It's kind of happening, but I think it will happen in a big way in the next decade or so where we can actually stop relying so much on oil and gas because we need to have clean energy. And at the moment, we don't really have so much of that. Uh, then you've got the crypto warriors, the ones who are coming and going that I'm going to just take down, um, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton or whoever they want to take down. You know, they think they're working for the dark side. So they're going to you've got Julian Assange. You've got all these um, anonymous. They're, they're going in and they're they're attacking what they consider is the dark and bringing down and exposing all the, the dark deeds behind the uh, behind the curtain, so to speak. Um, I'm just trying to think there is another group that I'm just trying to. Remember what that one is. Uh, I'll probably come to mind. So there broadly are those kind of missions that people come with. Oh, there's the awakeners and teachers, of course. Uh, people who want to awaken others up and help others awaken. I guess that's part of what I'm doing. And there is another one which is highly specialized, which is you can call it the dark arts, which is um, if you think of the Hogwarts, Harry Potter, there was the, the dark arts training where there are some starseeds that come in to help neutralize the dark, that kind of psychic attack dark, old dark stuff that's been going on the planet for a long time. They're here to neutralize a lot, you know, in Egypt and Atlantis and all these old civilizations. A lot of that energy is still resonating. And a lot, actually, I still do believe that part of the elite on the planet now, the planetary controllers, are using black magic here and there. So there are, there are a whole group of starseeds coming in to help neutralize that and make, make the planet safer. Um, and I think I've had a bit of that training as well with my Dark Knight of the Soul, really. So... Yeah, there's a lot of signs of being a starseed. And it's normal at the beginning to say, am I one? Where am I coming from? But I, I don't think it's really important where we come from, really. We come from many places. The important thing is here, we're, we're, we're a bit different 
from a lot of people and we can't fit we don't fit in we're not we are that round peg that shouldn't try and fit in the square holes of the 3d matrix once we get that we're a lot happier actually we go off and try and find our round holes that fit us better um, well, I really like that. We're um, a square peg in a round hole. We're not here to fit in. We're we're here to to Im- bring in the uh, creative impulse, the the new vision, the new dynamic, the new paradigm of what humanity can experience on the planet. You had talked about uh, Egypt and Atlantis. Um, mm. Here on Earth, planet Earth, um, I suggest Earth is one of the most advanced classrooms for karma, perhaps, in the galaxy. Yeah. And um, in, in the history of this planet, we've we've created uh, substantial societies only to have the cart tip over. And mm. um, what I've heard is that the the dynamic this time is um it looks like we've we've prevented us from imploding and uh, i mean there's notions of the earth splitting and um and a 5D version of the earth one way and a 3D version of the earth another way but but the 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 core of the of the message is that this time around the cart's not going to tip over we have figured out how to <clears throat> anchor um, peace in our heart, anchor the truth of who we are in our knowingness, and and I think um, we kind of we kind of loaded ourselves up for bear. I mean, a metaphor that says, "Well, this is going to be one hell of a ride." Let's let's incarnate oceans of of star seeds and awaken legions of mystics and sages and alchemists and saviors and and i think the star seed archetype if you will is that notion where we're drawing in a, a clear understanding of a, a universal truth a timeless truth of the power of the human persona and and it the the power doesn't have to be anchored to the human persona or the human genome, but I suggest to you that the human genome, this this human persona that we all uh, embody, is a vehicle that was specifically designed to to create at a at a, a very high level. And I think that's why it was so appealing for people to try to control it. And I mean, it's like having a a, a jet airplane, and and you're using it to go out to check the mail at the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, absolutely. Because we really shouldn't shut down our psyche. If you think of the human persona, on on one end, if we go to the bottom of the scale. We're barely alive. We're homeless. Maybe we're a war vet with PTSD. If we catch a cold tonight, if we catch a cold tonight, we'll die. We're running on fumes. And then to mm. and then to swing over to the other end of the scale, there's the notion of Jesus that performs miracles in the moment and says, "Come on, y'all, you're going to perform miracles too. Get with it." And uh, um Anastasia comes to mind the, the the woman described by Vladimir Magir and mm. and she's manifesting um tele, uh, teleportation through consciousness and um she she talks about the evolution of consciousness uh, evolution of family uh, lines and the expansion of the galaxy and and new solar systems that have been set up for us to evolve onto. So, mm. so what I'm describing, what I'm saying here is, I suggest it's an extremely powerful thing to go from the bottom of the barrel uh, on a planet that built out a, a nuclear arsenal to vaporize all life on Earth. To war machine that has uh, churned the human psyche into 
such huge pain bodies. To go from mm. that in a generation or three and and swing to the other end of the spectrum, a lot of the star seeds that are coming in on Earth is to pers- to personify the the true potential of who we are, which is vast and unlimited. Yeah, I think you're right. It is a very advanced classroom for karma. Um, the way I understand it, that the history of the planet was that the, the human race at one point was a very high frequency, you know, running on full DNA, you know, all strands and all chakras open and... Um, and there were advanced civilizations in the past, you know, Lemuria, and, and probably even before then, and then Atlantis. But in the time of Lemuria, I think the decision was taken to descend in vibration and to have an experience of a greater separation uh, and being more, going from a less physical body to a more physical body, more dense body. And so this drop in, in frequencies, Lemuria disappeared, and then Atlantis was there. But I'm not exactly sure. There are different theories about what happened in Atlantis, the end, the end time of Atlantis, that something drastic happened and there was a fall from grace, a, a great falling in dimension, a great falling in frequency. Whatever went on there, whatever experiment, experimentation went on there or whatever they were up to, there was a, there was a definite drop. Of, it seemed like a very sharp drop. And then we entered this new dimension, which is the 3D dimension, which the planet's been in, for quite a long long time and in that dimension there is no such thing as synchronicity there is no such thing as flow it doesn't make sense or there's no such thing as manifestation or or magic or, or any of these things unless it's done in a in a hidden group away from the prying eyes of the collective where they can actually work in peace and actually create something but by and large the energy of the planet didn't serve it and so um Jesus came into Palestine, you know, a really highly volatile time, place, and he planted a seed of light, as far as I can tell. That seed of light, he said, is going to awaken up, you know, it's going to wake up now, where we are now. And um, the planet has been increasing in frequency since, um, I guess, from slow, very slowly after World War II, increasing in pace, more starseeds coming in, a few in the 40s, some in the 50s, a load more, you know, a load more in the 60s and so on. And so there was an increase in energy on the planet. There was the harmonic convergence going on in the 80s. So there were all these things going on and a lot of channels started coming in. Seth came in in the 60s, I think, Lazares in the 70s, you know, um, the, uh, two channels I was very interested came in, I think they may have been in the 80s, Orin and Darben, they're up in Oregon. And there's, in America, you've got a whole load of these channels, and they're really incredible, a lot of them. You've got people like Bashar and Cryon. I know you've interviewed Cryon. And so we've had this increase, and the planet now has been shifting up into 4D. And for me, 3D is, is, a, is a place of hard knocks, you know. Water is wet and rocks are hard. And so we've come into this place. Karma is worked out in a hard way. You know, you go through all this angst and stuff and pain and whatever. 4D, we're learning about mastery. We're, we're learning, well, the, the idea we create our reality is a 4D term. The idea of synchronicity and flow are 4D terms. We're starting to take back our power. We're starting to learn about our light. We're starting to learn about these healing methods. 5D is where we start to stabilize back again in that higher frequency where we don't have to do all the mantras or all the rituals. We're, we're there. You know, we just work by intention and focus and these kind of things. So on the planet where we are now, there's a lot of volatility. And that volatility comes from the interplay of light and dark, as far as I know. So Jesus, when he came, he said to people, I do not come to bring peace. To bring peace. I come to bring the sword. And I, I really wondered about that kind of statement for a long time. Why would he say I've come to bring the sword? But really what I think that means is that higher frequency of light with a lower frequency creates total volatility, chaos. And, you know, we've seen since the incarnation of Jesus a lot of fighting around, you know, which religion's right and all of that kind of nonsense. And uh, so, yeah, here we are in 5D this or heading towards 5D, a lot of volatility. So on the planet, we've got this light and dark uh, going on. It's like two rivers meeting. You've got all the star seeds, all the light, all the the kind of notions from the 60s, you know, unity consciousness. And on the other side, you've got um, 
uh, how the world's been all this time. As you mentioned, nuclear arsenals. Uh, we've got to have a bigger defense budget than anybody else in the world, you know, bigger and better. And, and I know in America you had that saying, well, if there are bad guys with guns, we need good guys with bigger guns or, or right. more good guys with guns. I don't know, all this kind of idea, which is, to me is not a 5D notion particularly. And um, so this volatility is creating a lot of chaos on the planet. There's a lot of old structures which are, which are shaking and crumbling. You know, in Britain, we've got Brexit. In America, you've had Donald Trump been elected, which was a bit of a shock, I think, for a lot of people. And um, he came uh, not as part of the old guard, really. Right. Oh, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm not a pro-Trump person. You know, I do have a lot of... Uh, concerns about some of the things he says. I'm not a follower of QAnon. Some people have said, are you following QAnon? No, I'm not. I do, I'm aware of QAnon, but what I do think of Trump is he's not part of the old guard. He's shaking things up in a big way. He is, he is bumbling as, in, as well as doing some great things, I'm sure. But um, he's shaking things up, and the old guard are becoming increasingly visible behind the curtain, what they were up to for a long time. You know, um, and, you know, I... I I don't want to get too much into politics, but I think a lot of the established people in the, who've been in power recently have been part of the old guard, and now Trump is not part of that. And what I'm hoping for America and Britain is that there's a much better form of leadership coming that will actually be much truer and in line with the ascension process. At the moment, most of the leadership's been... Well, at the moment, you've got Trump, who's a bit more of a... It's more confused. It's, it's a mixture, I think, of things. But the, the old guard was more or less, this is how we do things. Wall Street street pulls the strings you know the banks tell us what to do the elite are whispering in our ear and and trump's a bit of a different character so in a way that's a blessing i guess in some ways so we are in this period of, of great of great shift and of course there's a lot of opportunity for clearing karma now uh, we don't have to do it the old way which is you know if you were mur- if you murdered somebody else then maybe you get murdered just to see how it feels like you know that kind of thing we don't have to do any of that it, there are a lot of um angelic forces coming on the planet now there are a lot of these angelic rays coming on the planet the one that i work with a lot is ultraviolet fire which actually is very good at clearing and burning through a lot of these old programs we don't have to live out the stories of our ancestors we don't have to replay our other lifetimes in this lifetime this is a really powerful life i think as you mentioned les to clear up to open to awaken to get on a new track and that new track is not you know, when I was born in this body, I was heading on a different track. Now I'm on a new track. I've cleared all my, well, I don't know if I've cleared all of it, but I've cleared a lot of my old contracts and programming, which has enabled me to step out of my familiarity zone onto this new path and say to other people, you know, other star seeds who are, who are kind of saying, is it safe to dip a toe in the water? I'm saying, yes, it's safe. Don't worry. Come on. Um, this is the way we need to go. And of course, everyone has their own unique journey and their own unique path, but I'm here and you're here, Les, I guess, as well. We're here to encourage people to step out, to be more of who they truly want to be, who they truly authentically are. You know, what is your core essence? What is that? Live your true life. Don't live the life you think you have to live um, to please other people. Yeah. Well, Did I answer it? I, I, I think it, I don't know if I answered all of the things you mentioned there, Les. You've been great. I, you're, you're very articulate and thorough. Um, you've, you're doing a wonderful job. You know, oh, good. you know in in your own personal dynamic, the the household you were born into and then fast forward to who you are today. And likewise yeah. me, very similar the household I was born into and in this fast forward to today, there's such a a, a span of Difference. I mean, we've evolved so much in these decades as we've grown up, and and for star seeds. So, so when you and I were born, I'm going to venture out and say the the notion of star seeds, the notion of 5D, the notion of of these types of topics, were so unheard of. They were there were not even back channel conversations about this stuff. It was more or less non-existent um, on a any kind of a scale at all. And then fast forward now, you've got your platform, and people are very hungry for this information. And likewise, I do as well. Um, mm. People who are born into this era now. They can they can see the dynamic of the transformation of an individual being modeled over and over and over again. Um, 
what would you say to the budding star seed as far as uh, maybe some tips on how to navigate the transformation of themselves as they open up to a bigger um, perspective or dynamic of what their life is intended to be? Yeah, that's good. That's a great question, really. Um, well, I think in the early days, there is going to be um, this. I think it kind of starts off with this impulse or set of impulses that something's off in my life. Something's not right. Or even if it feels like it could be right, I, I don't know. There's something a bit off. You know, I know when I had my uh, second awakening, particularly, I was having this feeling of tension in my body. And I didn't, even though I had, I did have an awakening back in the 90s, it was kind of more magical, more easy, more flowing. But this time round, it was, it was more like, oh, I should be doing something. What is it? I don't know. And, um, and I guess even back in the 90s, I did, I did have the challenge of, 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 of navigating a marriage where my, my now ex-wife was not happy with my spiritual interests. So there, there, will be um, a sense of tension going on, and that tension is not. Um, ego tension ego tension is like i need to eat or i want to buy a new car why haven't i got my new car you know or why have they got a bigger house than me all this kind of ego tension i need a big when i get the same size house as them i'll feel more relaxed you know right. all this kind of, or when i haven't when i have sex 10 times a week i'll be relaxed <laughs> or that kind of stuff that's ego tension but soul tension is different because no matter what you do to juggle your life unless you're really getting on track it, the tension doesn't go away and, uh, you know, when I was at Alternatives, this was my ideal job for a long time. I started to feel this tension. This was back in the, um, you know, heading towards 2010. Tension. I started to delegate and go on trainings and rethink things. And, but still the tension was there. And really what it was saying was you have to leave here and find a new container. And I didn't really want to hear that. So really we, we have to listen to the tension in our body. And, we have, and sometimes we may need help. We may need to go and see a coach or a counselor or a healer to help us get to connect with what are you really, you know, what are you really feeling right now? And I remember a, an American uh, author, uh, what was her name? Um, she wrote um, Hands of Light, uh, uh, oh, Barbara Brennan. Right. Barbara Brennan. Yeah. This, so this American author came over to Alternatives and said, hi there. So, to stun silence and they go yeah i know you're a british audience we don't say that like it's like asking you how you're feeling it was a bit of a kind of a heresy or something so it's certainly in britain i don't know about america if it's the same but how are you really feeling what's really going on inside of you is is important to know so just taking time out in silence or walking in nature or you know go for a bike ride or sit by the sea or whatever you need to do or go into a cafe beautiful cafe have a cup of tea and sit in silence and just start connecting with your inner self your inner world what your thoughts and feelings, what's going on in your inner world. A lot of people are so externally focused, we don't know what's going on in their inner world. And really finding the question, what's alive within me now? What would I really want to move towards and what do I want to move away from? And we may need, we may need to go and see a coach to ask some difficult questions of us, you know, because I know we, do, we have this resistance pattern. So we, need, we may need someone to help us with what is our resistance, you know. And um, where is it we really want to go? And it is a process. And I, I do think support is really important. So in the early days, going to um, like, well, there wasn't such thing as meetups when I first started looking, but going to groups where they're listening to spiritual teachers. Well, now there was no Internet when I started looking, but now you can go online. There's TED Talks. Start to listen to stuff. Start to immerse yourself in stuff that's inspirational and start to feel what resonates and what doesn't resonate, you know. And even if it feels really out there. So, for example, some people just start resonating with light language. You know, I've had clients go, but it's so, so out there. I don't think I could really do it. And I said, look, just go and immerse yourself. In it. Go find it. Follow it. And, and then they start relaxing into it. Is it okay for me to do it? Of course. Just go and do it. Just, just enjoy yourself. And start taking small steps and just testing the water. You know, put a foot into different water. Do I, am I interested in coaching? Am I interested in personal development i'm interested in healing am i interested in channeling you know and you we, we don't know until we go and go and try these things out a little bit so uh, back in the late 90s when i was looking to find what is my ideal work what do i want to do this was more work you know it's part of my life path and i knew that creativity was a core part of that you know i asked myself what do i value highly 
And that's another great question for people to ask. What do I really value? You know, they might value freedom, ongoing learning. Uh, it's really good to ask themselves the questions, what do I truly value? I never heard about values until I was in my mid-30s. And I asked myself the question, well, what do I value? And I, I, the answers I came up with was spirituality, freedom, ongoing learning, and creativity. Those were four values. And connection, community, five values, actually. And so when I looked at my first job, which was in international banking, and I looked, I said, well, I had, none of those values were met at all. And my second job, which was in local government, there was tiny bits of it. But my third job, when I became a director of alternatives, all of those boxes were ticked. And that's why I absolutely loved it and reveled in it. And it was home for me. So I had to go and find, when I left there, another path that fitted all those boxes. So it's really good to know what, what moves us, what motivates us, what our values are. And then start taking little steps along the path. And what we'll find is we'll come up against our stories and our belief systems. So what we will have to do is start asking ourselves, what do I believe about X? What do I believe? Am I, how, much do I be, how far do I believe I deserve abundance? How far do I be, believe I can have or deserve space or freedom? How far do I believe or, or think I can deserve to grow through joy rather than grow through suffering and struggle? So we start having to ask ourselves good quality questions as well. And... Um, so support, getting in touch with our inner world, asking ourselves questions, connecting with our values, dipping toes in different waters, you know. So I, I, I didn't finish the story. When I was looking around work I, and I valued creativity, I explored jewelry making. That didn't work for me. I explored stained glass window making. That didn't work for me. I explored fiction writing. That didn't work for me. And then I hit nonfiction writing and I was like, whoa, uh, that's it. I'm off. I loved it, and non, and of course, my work now is nonfiction writing. You know, the blogs I write, um, a lot of the stuff I do is around uh, nonfiction writing, and uh, I've written six books. So uh, once I hit it, something uh, came fully alive in me. Whereas when I tried the others, it was like no, 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 no. You know, it's that like it's that game of. Um, you know that children's game where you're blindfold. Am I warmer yet? Am I getting warmer or colder? You know that one where you're yeah, right. having to find it's a bit like that. Really, in the early days it is a bit like that. But getting, getting in touch with your intuition, finding support. Sometimes the universe will answer our questions through other people, through books, through uh, TV, sh uh, radio shows like this, through a YouTube channel, or you know I've I've I've. Um, wanted an answer the other day and I went on a website and I got a three card reading and it was just exactly right. Oh, that's exactly what I needed to know. That, that, that pattern fixed together. Thank you so much. So the universe also will help us. It will answer our questions as long as we ask it specific questions and wait for the answers in terms of signs and portents rather than what should I do with my life? It's too open a question. It, uh, I remember asking the universe years ago, should I, revi re should I resign from this job I was in of 10 years? And the, the, I, I saw a T-shirt, um, the Nike T-shirt, where um, just do it, you know, on the back of the T-shirt. And it hit me like a thunderbolt, and I knew that was an answer from the universe. It was just the power of the, of the, of the impact of that statement. And then I just, my ego discounted it, and I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And then within a minute or two, I saw the same sign in the window, just do it. And I thought, well, I've asked the question, there's the answer, I'm just going to resign, and I did. Uh, so sometimes the, the universe can ask, answer us questions, but the more we start having that conversation, get in touch with our inner world, having the conversation with the universe, the universe will give us guidance and signs. And our guides and higher selves will say, hey, he's listening. We better, we better start speaking to him now. And uh, whereas before, if we weren't listening, they, they kind of wander off for a while. And uh, then they kind of wander back when we start listening to them. Right. Uh, well, we've, we've been talking about the uh, starseed archetype, if you will. Um, the other part of the topic of the show, awakening of humanity. Let's talk, yeah. let's talk a little bit about... Um, the notion of humanity awakening, unfolding, blossoming. Um, how do you see this next chapter, and um, what are some of the new attributes in this awakening of humanity that hasn't been found in our past? Yeah. Well, I, I think um, there's two ways humans awaken really and uh, starseeds awaken usually by revelation by spiritual practice um, by you know going to a 
kundalini yoga class and something happens that triggers them that, that, that's how star seeds awaken going to a channeling session reading a, a spiritual book something starts waking up but for non-star seeds they're waking up in a different way and they're waking up through a different kind of revelation they're waking up through the um, revelations coming out through things like WikiLeaks and, and uh, Anonymous and other, other platforms that are going, do you know this is what's really going on on the planet? Do you know that this is how much money the elite have stashed away? Do you know that X, Y, Z? And so a lot of people are waking up going, getting angry. And so the kind of non-Starsea community might wake up through, you know, oh my God, is this what's going on? I never knew that. And uh, and and there, I think there is this kind of interplay between starseeds who are really bringing in a higher frequency of light here, who who don't really bat an eyelid about, yeah, this is what's going on behind the scenes. They kind of go, yeah, 9-11, yeah, I, I didn't believe the official story. You know, whereas a lot of people on the planet for, have been here for a long time will look at 9-11. It might take them a lot longer to wake up to, well, the official story may not be exactly what happened, you know. Um, so th- there are these two different paths of awakening. So for, for starseeds, part of the awakening is their ego is being upgraded. So the ego goes from a 3D to a 5D ego. Um, the rest of the planet, uh, I'm not sure really. The way I see it is that a lot, of, a lot of people on the planet are not finished with 3D. And even if they wake up to all the shenanigans on this planet, what I believe will happen is when they kind of naturally reach the end of their days, they will not reincarnate here. That's, the, that's what I get. But this is an ascending planet, meaning if you're still evolving through 3D, and a lot of people are still evolving through 3D, then it's just not right to try and force them to... They wouldn't anyway. Energetically, they can't, or vibrationally, they can't. They're going to go off into other ti- another timeline or other places where there's these opportunities to grow through 3D. And, uh, I mean, we're on a powerful point on, on the planet, which I think is, is astrologically timed of... Um, of awakening so there's a whole process of awakening a lot of people will wake up and a lot of people will wake up to their own degree and then go off and and go somewhere else but starseeds I see will probably have the choice of re- reincarnating on this planet as the planet ascends and gets nicer and nicer it will be just the planet that's where starseeds will come people with a 5d and above um, energy can come to be here but you know I, it's this is my feeling, but it's not. I, I can't really say exactly that I know how it will happen. I don't believe there'll be a massive event where suddenly everyone's separated into two dimensions. I do believe there is a dimensional shift, but I think I believe what Cryon says, where he says it's slow, uncomfortable change, where those who are not going to be on the planet when they go, they won't come back. So I'm much more in in that camp than a lot of people say there's going to be an in, a flash from the sun and, you know, we're going to shift <laughs> into another dimension. I right. don't really get that one so much. But, you know, I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. But they're the two, they're the two camps that how there's going to be this awakening. One is this sudden flash that we'll wake up into this higher dimension and the other one is um, slow, uncomfortable change, which I, I think is more believable and that's the way I go. Well, very nice. Um I want to turn the attention on you and your platform. I want you to, if you would, share with the audience um, the books you've written, um, any platforms. Like, uh, it's kind of a moot question these days about in-person or online, but um, do you offer in-person activities, online activities? Give us a whole rundown of your platform and what you what services and books you offer. Okay, well, there's a whole load of free stuff that uh, I recommend people check out. So on YouTube, there's this channel, Steve Nobel, and there's about 98, 99,000 followers on it. There's a, it's got a symbol of a gold tree with a red background, so you can't miss it. And on there, there's loads of meditations, transmissions, Ascension News, which is me, you know, my thoughts for what's happening on the planet. Uh, affirmation tracks, higher light decrees, which are more like uh, speaking directly into people's unconscious mind to reprogram their unconscious mind. So there's a whole load of free stuff there. On my own website, there's a resource library, which which has got, um, again, a lot of that uh, as YouTube or as uh, MP3 downloads. So it's load, loads of free stuff. And there's loads of blogs on my website, which is the Soul Matrix. I do offer one-to-one sessions. I am getting rather booked up a few months ahead, actually. Um, I'm offering a... So I recommend people check out the webinars 
because um, if you go on my events page on my website, I'm offering loads of webinars, which of course is, I can reach unlimited numbers of practically unlimited numbers of people that way. So you don't have to wait for like three months to get a one-to-one or something. You can just come on. I've got you know, this one happening on reclaiming multidimensional gifts and talents, another one on the radical flow of abundance, channel your book. Um, there's, a, there's various retreats I'm doing. In, I'm, I'm coming to America, actually. I'm going to Portland, Oregon in October to do a workshop on accessing the Akashic Records, which is a three-day workshop. I'm doing one of retreats in Glastonbury. Uh, and so, but if you're in America, you can definitely access me uh, on the webinars. I'm doing one on spiritual coaching, one on group facilitation, one on the Starseed Entrepreneur. So I've got a range of um, subjects on my, on my um, website. There are one-to-ones. If people do want a one-to-one, probably best to email me because um, uh, my diary is rather full up and I'll try and accommodate you depending on the need. So yeah, um, that, that's me. You'll find me on a load of, I'm on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, you'll find me. So, but if you go to my website, there's lots of links to all the social media platforms. So you can hang out with me and the Starseed tribe. Well, very nice. You know how time can fly when you're having fun. Um, I know, yeah. We're coming to the end of the episode. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts you want to share with the audience? Uh, the closing thoughts would be, um, even though the world may look a bit dark and volatile, everything will be, you know, that Bob Marley song, you know, everything's going to be all right type of thing. I, I, I did go through a time where I thought, oh, the planet's going to part, all the problems are too bad and too difficult. But actually, this is the most volatile, this is the most darkest point of the planet. This is the, the um, we are at the kind of light rising, so it's always darkest before the dawn. So, just to encourage people, don't worry. Don't, and I definitely say, don't watch too much of the news with all where we're highly focused on all that's wrong in the world, and the, you know, and just stay with your practice, have fun, focus on growth through joy, and you're here. We're here on the planet to to love, to 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 explore, to have an adventure, and to to experience abundance and all these things. Love. There are no limits apart from the ones we place on ourselves, and all those limits can be expanded. So I hope that's a good message to end on. Very well said. Well, Steve, (laughs) I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. Thanks, Les. It's it's been lovely speaking with you. Uh, I might catch you up in Colorado one of these days. I'm totally game, and if I'm ever in London, I'll look you up. Yeah, cool. All right, Les. Thank you so much. We've been talking with Steve Noble, and the topic tonight has been Starseeds and the Awakening of Humanity. What a fun conversation. That was uh, that was a delight uh, interviewing Steve. You know, it, <laughs> it, it, it seems like lately every week we have a new show, um, and I try to reflect on what's happening. The the circus gets louder and louder. The, the crazy index seems to be inching off the deep end, which is fine. It's it's the it's a chaos of change, you know. Um, it's always a pleasure bringing people like Steve on the show. You know, it's uh, the notion of enjoying the journey. Joy is such a powerful vehicle of not only change but manifestation. To learn how to enjoy yourself throughout the whole journey, and and my particular background is um, actually it's based in high-powered television transmitters. That's how my soul taught me about unconditional love. I know that may not make sense, but to be able to get your physical body, your physical human body purified, um, energetically, this is not this is not the notion of righteousness or some kind of a righteous template. Um, not not that whatsoever, um, but to purify your body energetically and then to um, come into harmony with yourself, with your authentic self. And when I say authentic, I mean at the soul level. When your ego, when your ego is walking in step with your soul in an authentic way, 
then everything you do is in harmony with life and you don't accumulate karma you you um it, it, it makes everything much more graceful if you will hey i want to appreciate you for sharing this time with us it's uh, it you showed up for yourself you showed up uh, you provided yourself an opportunity to have a a deeper look into who you're who you are and why you're here. I'm your host Les Jensen. You've been listening to the New Human Living Radio Show. You can go to newhumanliving.com and sign up for our newsletter. It's uh, it's all about the awakening. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.